I have to, God, what's this? I've never dealt with this before. And then another come and it's different. It's always different. You can never be an expert. Why? Because to walk in God has to be by faith. And if it's not, a, it's not by experience, faith. And so God doesn't, he doesn't come in the same way. You can't deal with it in the same way. You can draw from your experience, but it's never the same. Because everyone is different. And the enemy, I mean, we have more demons on the earth. If one man can have a, 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 a legion of demons, I think of how many that there are in the, in the whole world. And they come in all forms. So you can never be an expert. You just have to rely on God and trust God and walk in faith. Amen? Now stand up. Uh, you, thought, you guys thought I forgot, right? <laughs> The Lord God has given me the tongue of the learned that I should know how to speak a word in season to him who is weary. He awakens me morning by morning. He awakens my ear to hear as the learned. The Lord God has opened my ear and I was not rebellious, nor did I turn away. Amen. Tonight I want to talk about the uh, gifts of the Spirit. That's uh, mainly the vocal gifts. Which are the gifts that are the most, most uh, visible in the church and then also very controversial. These gifts are very controversial the way they are used in the church. But as a church, we have to give everything. And I pray that God will give you faith enough tonight to believe God for a word for his people. And then to speak those words that God has given to you. Uh, and so that the church is blessed. I think I would rather have more of it with a lot of confusion than not to have at all. And that's what you have in the church. Because people have their hang-ups. I don't like that. I don't, don't like that. It's not about you. It's about him. And what edifies the church. We have to realize that. It's all about him. And we can learn to do these things. And God will use everyone. That's why for me, it's not, it's not, it's not a matter of being spiritual. If I see God using somebody, I don't think you're more spiritual than anybody else. You're just open to that gift. And so God can use you and can use anybody. And I can believe that God is using you in that gift, and that's good. But that has nothing to do with your spiritual maturity. Your relationship with people and how you deal with people and your work for the Lord, that's when I can tell whether you are mature or you are not. It's not the gifts. But the gifts are tools to bring people back into the kingdom of God and to help the children of God. Amen? So we talked about the revelation gifts, words of wisdom, word of knowledge, and discerning of spirits. Those are the revelation gifts. In other words, God showing you something that you have no business knowing to help the person that you are ministering to. And that usually comes, for the most part, on a one-to-one basis because God can show you or just give you one word. And you say, what does this mean to you? And this, they broke down crying. Do you don't know what it means, but you speak it. It means a lot to the other person. And then they open up and they tell you this great story. And then they know that this is coming from God and they are willing to be free. And then their faith is up. When you speak those words and they know you have no business knowing it, they know it was God that brought that to you. And that increases their faith. 
That means God knows where I am. He knows my address. And this is God. And so you tell them now, are you ready to receive? They're ready. They're faith up. Because of the word that you spoke. So that's the word of wisdom, the word of knowledge, and the discerning of spirits. And you can mention something and they know what you're talking about and that will get them open and then they tell you what's going on and as soon as they tell you, that's like confession, confession of sin. They open up. Everything that's not hidden becomes light, right? And now they come into the light and they're free. So that's the power gifts or the revelation gifts. And then we have the power gifts, the working of miracles. I talked about that last uh, Wednesday. The gifts of healing and faith. And I talked about the fact that faith is not the same. When you say the gift of faith, it's not like we all have the gift of faith. It's different from the, the, the faith that comes through hearing the word. Because that's you and the Holy Spirit working through you. But the gift of faith is given to you for a specific purpose. To get something accomplished. And it stays with you because it's supernatural. It's not just your natural faith that comes from the word. Is supernatural. He stays with you until that thing is accomplished and then he's gone. And I talked about my son, told you when he was sick, I don't remember praying much about it. I just was not concerned at all. And uh, somebody would say, well, he has a lot of faith. I don't know how I would react if he was different. But they were calling me from Austin and say he's going to be mentally retarded. And he, I would say, okay, I heard you. And I dropped the phone. But in my mind, you're just talking. It's not going to ever happen. And my brother-in-law, specialist, neonatologist, he knows everything about babies. He's telling me. And I look at him straight in the eye and tell that's never going to happen. And he thinks, you're nuts. You're not thinking. But when it finally happened, he realized something bigger than being a doctor. But I cannot claim that faith. It was a gift. It was given to me to handle that. I can deal with another situation probably less than that. And I'm saying, oh, Lord, I believe. Help my own belief. Okay, you heard that before? (laughs) Help my own belief. That's the gift of faith. So we talked about that. But tonight I want to talk about the vocal gifts, tongues, interpretation of tongues, and prophecy. In fact, all of this, they are really one. They're really one. It's really prophecy. Based tongues... Interpretation of tongues, they go together. The Bible doesn't allow tongues in church much, especially when it's spoken out loud. The Bible doesn't allow that in a service if there is no interpretation. Because when there is interpretation, then both become prophecy. But, you know, the thing is, people tend to forget that the Bible tells us that in the last days, God will pour His Spirit upon all flesh. Not some, all flesh. And your sons, not some sons, your sons, that's all your sons, your sons and daughters will prophesy. We don't see that and we never question it. I never, I was, I never was like that. I always say, why is the Bible saying this and I don't see it? How is the Bible saying this and I don't experience it? How come he's able to do it and I'm not able to do it? That used to really bother me. It bothered me when it comes to healing every area. It's like, if the Bible is true, how come I'm not seeing this? 
But most of us, we're comfortable. We just want to stay there, go to church, make sure we slip into heaven, and forget about these things. But the Bible is saying things to us. We cannot just let go. He's there for a reason. It's there for a reason. We have to exercise. We have to step out in faith. If you read in uh, uh, Acts chapter 4 verse 29, the disciples were praying. They said, God, we pray that you grant us boldness so that we can speak. Fear is what's holding the church back. They don't want to go into the unknown. They're a little afraid. They won't admit it, but the thing is fear. What you don't know, you're afraid of. If, you, if I tell you to go into a dark room and you've never been in there before and, and you try to peek in and it's, everything's dark and I go in there, you say, no, what's your, your question is, what's in there? Well, I'm not telling you to go in. No, I'm not. You got to tell me what's in there because we are afraid to go into the unknown and that's our nature. But God's saying, step out of the boat by faith. Don't test the water to see if it will hold your weight. You will, get, you will stay in the boat. Get out. Do something that you've never done before. It's always by faith. And if you speak, it's by faith. And you can step out even if you were just saved yesterday. And somebody told you and showed you how to do it. And, and you step out in faith. God will not allow his word to fall to the ground. That's what held me up. I'm going to try it. I'm going to try it. I'm going to try, I'm going to pray and see what God will do. I know that God has integrity and his word is, has integrity. And God is watching. You remember the scripture says he watches over his word to perform it. I know he knows you are about to do something. There's nothing hidden from him. And he doesn't want you disappointed. Amen? Because if you get disappointed once, you're not going there anymore. So he stands by you. And so when you step out, the water holds your weight. And you say, I did it. You didn't do it, he helped you, okay? <laughs> but you have to step out without fear. You can never step out in the word of, using the word of God and be doing something wrong. You understand what I'm saying? Because God's watching, he's not asleep, he doesn't blink. He doesn't need to wear his eyes so he can know. He's constantly watching. That's why I know he works. So I don't fear and I can't take credit because I know he's confirming his word. And you've heard me say this here before. But that's why I've, I've got the boldness to pray for somebody who is deaf. Known deaf. Because that's my first chance. This is exciting. I'm going to try this experiment and see what God does. But he was right there. And they clapped and they said, now he's a healing evangelist. No, you're mistaken. I just stepped out on the word of God. Amen. And you know, once you step out, you've stepped out by faith. And the gifts, it's like a gift given to you, right? And the Bible says the gifts and callings of God are without repentance. God will never take it back. So I know every time I go out and have a service, anywhere I go to have a service, if I have my mind made up and feel led to pray for the sick, guess what? I know people will be healed. Why? Because I'm a healer. No, because he... His gifts and callings are without repentance. He can't lie. 
I don't always think that way because there's so much to do in the church. But if my mind is on there, we'll see it. We saw that in Africa when we went there. Every church that we went. There was a particular church. I don't remember anyone that was prayed for. Pastor Andy, you were there. That we knew that wasn't healed. But that's the way God does his things. So I'm going to go into this. First of all, let's talk about the purpose of, of uh, tongues interpretation of tongues and prophecy, then I'll talk about what those are and how to expect the word from the Lord. How God does this, I don't know all of it, but for you to have a place to start. Amen? Can I hear an amen, please? Just to have a place to start. And then step out with what you know and don't be afraid because it's a learning process. We're coming to that. The Bible says that all may learn. You can learn to prophesy. There were schools of the prophets in the days, in the Old Testament. They went to school and their teacher was either Elijah or Elisha. They were sons of the prophet. When you hear sons of the prophet, that was a school where people came to learn how to prophesy. And they taught them. And they learned from them. So these things are taught. Christians thought, well, the Holy Spirit will just lay it on me. It doesn't work that way. He comes through by faith. You have to be taught. And then once you know, you step out based on what you've heard and what you now know, based on the word, and God is right there to confirm his word. It's that simple for me. That's why I listen to all, I want to know what they know. So God can help me, okay? Not for anybody in the church, but so I can reach out and help somebody else. Everyone I try to help, will they be helped? No. But do I quit? No, I keep going. Because I don't know what's behind the whole thing. But you got to start somewhere. Amen? So the purpose. Let's read First Corinthians 14 verse 12. It says, Even so you, since you are zealous for spiritual gifts, let it be for the edification of the church. Notice tongues, interpretation of tongues and prophecy. They are for the edification. In other words, the word edify means to teach, to strengthen, to, for the person to give information, all of that. To breed faith for the edification of the church. So whatever you do, he says the, the uh, Corinthian Christians were so zealous for spiritual gifts. But Paul said, don't be zealous just to have spiritual gifts. Rather, be zealous to have the gifts so that you can bless the church. That's the purpose, is to bless the church. I want to go back First 1 Corinthians 14, verse 1. He says, pursue love, pursue love, and desire spiritual gifts. What we don't have in the church today, the Christians are not desiring spiritual gifts. There is no desire. They want to go to church and lift up their hands and worship God, and that's where we stop. Where is the desire? Is there not scripture? You're going to overlook that scripture? When God is saying to you, I want you to desire spiritual gifts, and you just overlook it? You think God forgot what he said? That's what's wrong with us. We're missing it. We're missing it. And we're not able to do everything God's called us to do because we overlook the scriptures. We say, well, that doesn't happen anymore. I don't see it in the church. Well, why don't you start it? Why don't you start it? If you really cry out to God, He'll show you. Because there's desire. You see, the gifts are not given until you have the desire. 
These people were zealous for those gifts. And even though they were immature, and Paul says, I can't talk to you like adults, but they had it all over in the church because they wanted it and God was delivering it to them. So Paul is saying, desire spiritual gift. Desire spiritual gift, but especially that you may prophesy. Notice, he's talking about the church. He wants you to prophesy. Everyone can prophesy because he helps the church. Today, I don't like that. I don't want anybody doing this to me. That church, they're weird. Because that's why we're missing everything. You still be human, and God can use you. Amen? Don't go crazy and, you know, like people chimping, like, you know, making bird noises and all of that kind of stuff. And everybody, they, they follow that it's new. Since it's that spiritual, and they're going, their eyes closed, but they're looking with face. They can't wait for the doors to open up and they're out. That's not what God wants. Stay big human. You're not a dog. Not a bird. Still be human. Amen? If God has a reason for you to do that, somebody in the church is going to be edified. But if somebody, no one is edified, but scared, that's not God. That's just you. <laughs> you can act spiritual and do all of this. <laughs> For me, I just look at you and I'm thinking, can somebody kick that person out of our church, please? <laughs> For you draw all the attention to yourself. And no one listening to anybody else. Everybody's looking like, oh my God, what's going on here? That's about you. What about God? Let everything be done decently. And in order. Very important. So desire the gift, and you will desire. I don't know how much time we have tonight. I still have some time from practice. Okay. <laughs> but for me, really, I want to teach it so that you understand it. Because we can do it at any time. Amen. Whether we do it tonight or sometime. But what I encourage you, don't hear the word of God in vain. Practice. If you look into the mirror and you forget, you are a forgetful hearer. You have to practice. Even if you fail, practice. Do the word, in other words, do the word. And only the doer is blessed, not the hearers. Right? That's what James tells us. So act on it. If you act on it, God bless you. And when God blesses what you're doing and your ministry, my job is completed. I'm happy. I've duplicated myself. Amen? And you're doing it. I'm glad when we were out there, those that were in Nigeria, those that were with me, they were praying for the sick. I could be sitting down and people would still be healed. Nobody would know who the pastor was. It's just the truth. And I like it because there's nothing to prove. They're doing it. They're doing it. That's the way it should be. Amen? That's the way it should be. So it's for the edification of the church. It says, that's what you want to excel in. Not in speaking in tongues. That's not what it says to excel in. Not in prophesying. But focus, I'm going to, God, why don't you use me to bless these people today? And if you focus on that, God will use you to bless the people. But if you draw attention to yourself, so you appear spiritual, you missed it. And that's what you see in the church. They do things, all kinds of funny stuff. I've just have thrown those things away. And I'm glad I'm not alone. T.L. husband, he's like that. He doesn't want to see any of that stuff. 
Because he, he calls them all emotions. Yeah, some people are more emotional than others. Just be yourself. If you are emotional, well, be emotional. God will use you that way. If you are not and you're trying to be emotional, God says, I hear the voice of Jacob, but the body is like Esau. Okay. <laughs> Does it make sense? Be yourself. That's what I finally realized. I, can't, I don't have to act like anybody else. If he wanted me to be where I stand, then he make me just like him, look just like him. But God doesn't need two people like that, so we're separate. I can't act like him. I shouldn't act like him. I should be myself. That's the way he created me. That's the way he can use me. I don't have to follow anybody. I don't have to imitate anyone. I get the message and do it my own way. That's why it says diversities of gifts, manifestation, different types of manifestation. He can be the same all the time. But I have to judge. We have the right to judge. Amen? Are we getting something tonight? So we need to judge. It's very important. Look at what it says in 1 Corinthians 14 verse 5. He says, I would, I would like every one of you to speak in tongues. Now notice, this is in church. When we come to church. But did you know that most churches, or some churches, no one ever speaks in tongues. <laughs> and they think it's okay. How are you going to overlook scripture? He says, I would like every one of you to speak in tongues, but I would rather have you prophesy. In other words, I would rather have every one of you prophesy because tongues and interpretation of tongues, that's two steps. God says, bypass that one. <laughs> he just go to the, the real thing and let edify the church. That's basically how I see it. Okay? And, but it doesn't mean, and then it says, don't forbid speaking in tongues, right? It tells you that. So everyone is different. For some people, God can instruct that. So let's not make the judgment and say, well, we, we shouldn't go that way. You're not the Holy Spirit. Everyone is different. And God knows the way he deals with everyone. I would like every one of you to speak in tongues, but I would rather have you prophesy. The one who prophesies is greater than the one who speaks in tongues. And that's kind of strange. So we got some greater ones and the other one that's not great. He says... Unless someone interprets. In other words, if you just spoke in tongues in church and there is no interpreter, ah, you did something, but it's not that great. Okay? <laughs> Until somebody else interprets what you just said. When they do, then you are not okay. You've come up, even though all you did was speaking in tongues. But if you just spoke in tongues and there was no interpreter, interpreter then you just spoke in tongues. You're less than the one who just bypassed and just spoke, uh, prophesied. It says, unless someone interprets so that the church, notice what it says, may be edified. That tells you he's dealing with the church, not home, not when you're dealing one-to-one. -one, he's dealing with the whole church in a church service. In a church service. We want the people blessed. We want the people blessed. So we can speak in tongues and have the interpretation. So that's why he said, I would rather, you know, you prophesy. So we don't go the two steps, then just go ahead and give the message. Because it's really a word. And you can get what Paul was saying there. When he said in 1 Corinthians 14, beginning verse 18, he says, I thank my God, I speak in tongues more than every one of you. But in the church, 
I would rather speak four or five words in a language so that I can teach others. So you can see the main thing is to teach and to lift people up. Than 10,000 words in tongues. So the thing is to edify, exhort, and bring comfort to people through the words spoken in tongues. That's what he was talking about. First Corinthians 14, 3 and 4 says, But he who prophesies, speak, talking about speaking in tongues, and the one, one who is prophesying, but he who prophesies speaks edification, exhortation, and comfort to men. What do they do? They speak edification, that's kind of instruction, building them up, exhortation, and comfort to men. Now, if they don't fall into those categories, then we have a problem. That's where it should be. We shouldn't go out on the left wing or the right wing. I mean, stay with what God said. The purpose is to edify the church. Notice, to exhort the church. Exhort means, let's go, let's get it done, using the words. And sometimes the words can be just scriptures. But it's coming from the Holy Spirit. Everyone can tell God is seeking a message, and we should take it seriously and act on what is spoken, and not overlook it. So we need to understand that. So it's to edify, to exhort, and to bring comfort. I know about the story. I don't know about this, if you know this. But all Robert, God told him that I will put my anointing on your right hand. And if you watch Oral Robert, go back and watch some of his old videos. He has his right hand. And he lays it on them. I don't care what they have. They'll get healed. And the church was speaking all over the United States. They just say, you're sick. Just let Oral lay his right hand on you. So what happened is, According to Novahiz, they made his right hand an idol. And uh, Oral Robert was in a place, a tent. And, uh, you know, he has this huge tent. And he was praying for everybody. He's a happy self. But God was not pleased with the church because they had made his right hand an idol. And he prayed for a child or somebody. And God healed the person. I've seen videos. I mean, they come in like this. And he puts his right hand and they go straight. And walk off. That's why he became big all over the U.S. on television. But he did that for one person. As soon as he finished, he started crying. I mean, not crying. He was weeping. Seriously. Everybody, the tent, everyone was, what's going on? Nobody knew what was happening. He just was weeping for a while. And the only way they could find out what was happening, is they were, they were every, he had prayed for everybody and prayed for last, the last person. And then there was a little girl that was really sick. And the mother brought a little boy, a little child, I would say. The mother then brought the child and waited for him to kind of calm down after weeping for a while. And said to him, sir, uh, please lay your hands. He says, I can't. He says, God said, that's the last one. You don't do it anymore. And uh, everybody like, what? He, was, he said, ma'am, I cannot. That's why I love, love Oral Roberts. He hears it. He won't. He, he's very obedient. He says, I make a lot of mistakes, but when I know it's the Lord, I don't do it. He won't touch that child. He said, I'm sorry, ma'am. I want to, but I cannot. 
And God told him, you are among these Pentecostals. If you were older here, some of you would know. He was leaving the Pentecostal church and was going to join the Methodist church, if you remember. That's the reason. God had told him, get out of their midst. They make that your right hand, so I'm not going to let you. And I've heard him say on television, God is allowing me to use my right hand again. That's what they did. But the, the thing is, right after his uh, tears and that situation came and he was telling the woman, everybody was stunned. Everyone was crying. That, what, what happened? What, what went on here? I'm sure he didn't know what was going on. All he knew, God had told him, don't do that anymore. And while he was doing that, there was tongues and the woman started prophesying. And when she was through, Aura was very comforted. You see how it works? Aura was comforted. Even though he wasn't doing that, he was happy. He knew that was from the Lord. And this, the, the, the tongues and interpretation had brought comfort to him. He left feeling good. That's how it works. Amen? It's, a very, it's very powerful. He's just like the church will not let this much more anymore. We need to study. Let's go back and find out about our roots. Don't just assume. Find out, read about these things so you know. It's very important. You have to go into the roots. I, and I'm saying it to you. I mean, I'm a pastor. My job is to let you know this. I know a lot about healing ministers. I've studied them all the way back. Let God give you the desire. You study. And the more you study, the more God's going to bring stuff to you to help you understand. But if you want to be an ordinary Christian, God will protect your rights to be. Okay. Hello. <laughs> He'll protect. But I don't want to be that. Amen. And I don't want you to be that. Let's step out in faith. Amen. So it's to edify. It's always talking about edification. It says, but he who prophesies speaks edification, exhortation, and comfort to men. That's to human, human people. He who speaks in tongues edifies himself. So when you're speaking in tongues, you are building up yourself. You're not building the church up. So Paul is saying, when you come to service, don't do that much because you are just building up yourself. At church, we want to build everybody else. And he says, if you speak in tongues, then you must interpret it so that somebody, everyone will know. Or just speak silently to yourself. Read 1 Corinthians 14. It's very important. But if you speak out, then give the interpretation as well. So that the church is edified. But these things are in the scriptures. Most Christians, for most, we don't, we don't even go there. We don't talk about it anymore. But I want us to practice it here. Amen? Let's practice. And we're going to start tonight, okay? Do I have time? Yes. A little bit. Now, let me go into how these uh, uh, gifts work uh, so you know. Um, first one is tongues. Tongues is the same, sometimes it's the same tongue that's your prayer language. Okay? Everyone, the tongues that you receive when you receive the Holy Spirit, that's your prayer language. And you can do that at any time. You can do that for one hour. You can do that for two hours. It's really up to you. God has given you a supernatural way to talk to him. Because he says in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, I mean 14 verse 2, He who speaks in tongues does not speak to men but to God. For no one understands him. However, in the spirit he speaks mysteries. So that's between you and the Lord. But in church, that's not the time to use that gift. 
He's at home in your prayer life. That's the time to use the gifts to build up yourself. But at church, you can speak silently to yourself to build up yourself during service, but you can't speak it out loud for everyone unless you, there is an interpretation. If now, if everyone is speaking out in tongues, that's different. We know it's all for everyone. But for somebody to just speak out in tongues and there's no interpretation, the Bible says that's wrong. We've got to get an interpretation. Now, the tongues, it calls diversities of tongues. Uh, that's, this is the gift of the Spirit where God moves a person during the service to speak out in tongues. This is how it works. You're sitting where you are. And there is an auction or maybe a force that tells you, you kind of know I need to speak out. And it will come out in the same tongues that you speak or it may be different. That's not your business. But God somehow will let you know you need to speak out in tongues. Basically, I have a message from my people. Now you're thinking, what if I speak, speak in tongues? Loud and there is no interpretation. What, now, what's that going to make me? Now, guess what? When God's spoken to you, guess what? The next thing that comes to you, fear. <laughs> so it works like that every time. <laughs> when God's asking you to do something, the next thing is Satan injects fear. But somehow you know that God has a message for his people. And sometimes you can feel it in your spirit. And, and this urge to pray out in tongues. And so you know this is for the church, not just speaking in tongues. At that time, you should let it go. You should let it go and raise your voice. Paul said, when you speak, make it clear. If you're speaking silently for interpretation, but nobody, nobody think, they think you're just speaking to yourself, then Paul said, that's not the way to do it. Your voice must be clear and loud so the people know what's going on. And we can all be quiet until the interpretation comes. But generally, you are prompted, either in your spirit, the force, you can't hold it, you've got to speak it out, and then you speak it out loud and clear, and then wait for somebody to interpret it. But Paul says, if you speak in tongues, also pray that you will interpret. So that's the way that comes, speaking in tongues. Let me put some uh, rules here. It says, if anyone speaks in tongues, that's 1 Corinthians 14, verse 27 and 28. If anyone speaks in tongues, let there be two or at the most three. That's in a church service. Two or at the most three, each in turn. So it's not like all of us are speaking in tongues for interpretation. There's one over here and one over there. And at the same time, that's confusion. And God is not the author of confusion. So we don't do it. So one person at a time, it says two or three. We don't want to take over the service where 15 people are prophesying. A pastor cannot preach. It's got to be one, two, at the most three, and then that's it. But in a church where we're just starting, I can tolerate five. Amen. (laughs) We're still in the spirit because we are learning. So, but if there is no interpreter, let him keep silent in the church. It says, two or three, at the mo- uh, uh, let there be two, or at the most three, each in turn, and let one interpret. In other words, we want to get that what is spoken in tongues interpreted. But, and I'm going to talk about how God gives us the interpretation of tongues, and uh, also with prophecy. But if there is no interpreter... Let him keep silent in church and let him speak to himself and to God. In other words, 
lowered your voice. Speak to yourself. Okay? You can still speak in tongues, but not so loud that people think you are giving a message. If there's no interpretation. That's what he's saying. Now, it says in 1 Corinthians 14, verse 13, Therefore, let him who speaks in a tongue pray that he may interpret as well. So, you speak in tongues. Sometimes, I think I heard Pastor Andy say this before, you're praying in tongues and you're waiting for pastor to interpret it. And you keep doing that. God will probably say, you can do the same thing. Why do you have to wait for this person to do it? So, you can pray. I'm not saying pray for two days so you can know. You can pray right there, God give me the interpretation. And he'll give to you. Amen? So, that's how that works. Now, interpretation... God will put, again, a knowing for you to know that you have to, you have to interpret that message. And again, it's by faith. You have no idea where you're going. Okay? And I'm going to talk about the interpretation of tongues and then prophecy together, the way it works. All that happens, for the most part, is God will give you just a, a few words. Maybe a sentence. Just a few words. And funny, funny thing is, maybe you read a scripture the day before. And all of a sudden, you got this thing and it says, that scripture, speak it out. You're saying, this is sit and get behind me. I read the scripture last night and I think that's my mind is playing games with me. I'm not going to speak that out. But God wants you. There must be somebody in the church that needs that scripture. And all you have to do is quote the scripture. And they're crying. They believe that. That was for them. They are edified. Your thing is to obey. So he tells you, you know in your mind, you need to speak. And so you speak that word out. Or even if it's just a word, you speak it. But this is the way it works. God will give you just maybe a sentence. Maybe less than a sentence. And then there is a feeling inside, this is my word, I want to speak to my people. Now, step out of the boat and speak. And you say, God, I'm not going to say anything till you tell me everything that you want to say. Get say, no, that's all you get. Get out of the boat and walk on water. Okay? He's not going to tell you more. Just a few words and that's it. Some, some people, the Lord said... And that's about it. Hey, go ahead and talk. And you say, the Lord said, and God says, I know it's the Lord said, give me some more words. He says, no, say that first, and more will come. He says, no, give me some more, and I'll speak. So you're battling. Okay? You have to step out of the boat, the boat, and speak. And then God will give the rest of it. Now, have you, I've been in services where there was a tongue, there was tongue, and there was silence for a while, and then somebody interpreted the tongues, okay? And then after the service, somebody said, Pastor, I got exactly the same words. You heard that before? I, I knew that for sure. I knew the food, I knew it. But I, I said, but you didn't speak. No. You know what happened? The Holy Spirit gave it to them. They hesitated. Do you remember what the scripture says? He who puts his hand on the plow... He looks back, he's not fit. God says, not bothering with this fellow. I got to get my words out. He goes to somebody else who is willing and uses that person to bless because you were unwilling to speak. 
So you have to speak when God is giving you the word. Let me say this about prophecy. 1 Corinthians 14 verse 29 through 32. Let two or three prophets speak and let the others judge. But if anyone is, but if anything is revealed to another who sits by, let the first keep silent. Verse 31 is very important. For you, what term is that? Can, right? For you can, some of you can, all of you. That's God speaking now. For you can all prophesy one by one that all may what? It's the learning process. This is there in the scriptures. You can, not may, not could, no. You can. You may not be willing to do it, but you can. You may be too scared to do it, but you can. You can all, according to scriptures, you can all prophesy one by one that all may learn and all may be encouraged. Or verified. You can. God cannot lie. Let God be true and everyone a liar. You can. The reason why we are not prophesying is people are not willing to do it. But you can. You really can. And everyone can learn to do it. You can do it tonight. You can prophesy tonight. A lot of people are saying they won't come. I'm not going to do that. How can a man decide he's going to sit down and tell people to prophesy? <laughs> How did you think those people did in the Old Testament? Somebody taught them. See? And the Holy Spirit was there. Somebody taught them. You have to be taught. People just think the Holy Spirit will come on you and force you. No, it doesn't work that way. You have to be taught. Jesus taught his disciples how to do these things. You have to be taught. And then after you're taught, you step out in faith. And let God use you. So uh, that's the hang-ups I have in the church. A lot of people having these things. I don't want to do that. I don't want to do this. And God will leave you alone. He'll respect your will. But he'll never take you where he wants to take you. Because you are not willing and the Bible tells us, I believe that's uh, Isaiah chapter 1 verse 19. It says, if you are willing and obedient, you will eat of the good of the land. So that's the thing, you have to be willing. And then you have to be obedient. If you're willing tonight and you're obedient, then you eat the fruit of it. But if you're not willing, God cannot do anything about it. You have to be willing to do it. My thing is, God will let you know you need to speak a word. Even if it's a few words, that's where to start. We start as children. Children learn to talk, right? And then after a while, they, their words grow. And they have all kinds of words that they speak. But we all, when we become Christians, we are babies, right? And then we learn and we grow. So you can start tonight and God will begin to use us. Now, for this church service tonight, this is where it starts. If you cannot speak in tongues... And prophesy, and you're too scared to do that, it's hard to go to the other gifts we talked about. Because this is where to start first. It's really hard. You start here, step up, be bold, and let God begin, begin to use you. That's all I know about this. God gives you the word. As we sing, God gives the word. 
God can. If you are willing, God's there. He says, where two or three are gathered together in my name, I am there in the midst of them. Does God know what we're talking about tonight? Yes. He watches over his word, what? To perform it. He knows what we are talking about tonight, and the Holy Spirit is alive. He knows what's going on, and he's ready to bless his word. Because he confirms his word with what? Science following. So he's ready tonight to confirm his word. If you are willing, he'll do it. But you have to speak. Even if it's a few sentences, even if it's just a scripture that you read, and the Holy Spirit tells you to speak it out, you can speak that out. That's the place to start. And then God will begin to use you in that area. Amen? So we are ready now for practice. Amy, want to come back up? Yes. Tonight, in my mind, this is the place to start. And God will begin to use you. Stand up with me tonight. Um, uh, Musicians, please come up, please. We, just like a church service, and um, I'm going to give you opportunity tonight to let God focus on the Lord as we worship. Again, let me tell you this. When you're learning something, are you perfect from the day you start learning? Would you make mistakes? When a child makes a mistake, will teacher throw this child off from the place? We think God is so different. And so cruel, if you make a mistake, he says, I got you. That's not God. He will allow you to grow. Amen? So you can never miss it. But you have to start somewhere. You, may, you can all prophesy one by one that all may learn and all edified. That means if that scripture is true, and I know it's true, every one of you tonight can prophesy. According to that scripture, right? So when? Well, let's wait till Sunday. <laughs> so Sunday is more anointed than Wednesday. <laughs> God is here with us tonight. Amen? And you can, God, you can let God use you tonight. And every one of us, those of us that have done this before, those of us that haven't done it, you can never miss it. We can judge. You notice what it says? Let the others judge. But not to judge to say, oh, he was totally wrong. Throw him out of the church. No. <laughs> it's whether to accept what he said or not. And I can't go into all of that teaching tonight. But we're going to do this tonight, okay? We have the microphone here. So when you start speaking, I'll bring the mic to you. And you can speak. I believe you can. Don't hesitate. Do what God said. This may be the night that God will deliver your gift to you. But if you are afraid, you have another spirit at work right now in you. Because God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of power, of love, and of a, a sound mind.